Today, the secret program celebrities use to bypass Facebook moderation. The new smash that like button is coming. How does lead form placement affect your SEO? And guess who's copying TikTok now? It's Monday, September 13th. Happy Parliamentary Election Day, Norway. I'm Todd Maffin from Engage Q Digital, and here's what you missed today in Digital Marketing, Episode 466. The world we work in, digital marketing, is made up largely of binary choices. Do we go with a flashy, eye-catching email at the cost of increased spam reports? Do we push bottom funnel messaging the first time someone sees our ad at the cost of lower relevance scores? Do we include those social sharing buttons on our website at the cost of slower page load time? We make these choices all the time. Some of those choices are around lead forms. For instance, do we try to capture lots of data on the form, knowing that for every field we ask someone to complete, more people drop off? One of the more important choices is the position of that lead form on a page. Most of the time, we're thinking about conversion rate when we consider where to put that lead form. Too high, and it might look spammy. Too low, people might not even get to it. There is another factor, too. And last week, Google search engineer John Mueller highlighted it in one of his excellent weekly Search Central Hangouts. The question was this. In terms of ranking, we know that Google gives high priority to content above the fold. In other words, content that could be seen right when someone lands on the page without scrolling down. So what about if we're providing good content, like an ultimate buyer's guide, but also want to keep that form up high? What's the SEO impact of that? Here's John's answer. Our algorithms do look for things like ads above the fold that kind of push the main content down below the fold. And it's possible that we would think a, a lead gen form like that would be kind of like an ad. Uh, but I, I don't think it's always, it would always be the case. And it, it kind of also depends on what what that page is trying to rank for. If it's essentially a page that's trying to rank for, it's like, I don't know, get get car insurance and the form is about like sign up for car insurance, then like that's kind of the intent of the page. But if the intent of the page is like find out more about why oranges grow and then you have car insurance form on top, then that seems more like an ad. So in other words, don't try to game Google with sneaking a lead form on some highly trafficked but irrelevant content. The bots know better. Social media managers and content marketers do a lot of begging. On YouTube, it's smash that like button. On TikTok, it's like and follow for more. Even Facebook had its moment when we were all begging people to add us to their show first list a few years ago. Remember that? Well, get ready to beg a little more. Instagram is testing a new favorites list where people add accounts they follow to a list, content from accounts on that list, then show up higher in their feed. This is different than what Instagram called favorites, Back in 2017, that version would let you set up a list of close contacts with which you could share specific content. For example, private photos from your wedding or that swinger party. There's now a close friends list that sort of does that. But this version would change the priority of content delivered in people's feeds. Again, it's only in testing, internal testing at that. No word on if or when it would be rolled out more fully. But if it does go public, get ready to type, add us to your favorites. A whole lot more. 
Catching you up on the latest Facebook is Evil News. Three stories broke over the last few days. First, and you're not going to like this if you've ever had content taken down by Facebook. Quoting The Verge, Facebook maintains a secret program to exempt athletes, politicians, and other high-profile users from its typical moderation process, according to The Wall Street Journal. The program is reportedly meant to stop PR fires or bad press caused by pulling down photos, posts, and other content from high-profile users that should have been allowed to stay up. In reality, the program just lets these users break the rules in ways that would have gotten most people into trouble. The program is known as X-Check or Cross-Check. Posts from users flagged for X-Check are supposed to be rooted to a set of better-trained moderators to ensure Facebook's rules are properly enforced. But the program reportedly protected 5.8 million people as of 2020, and just 10% of posts that hit X-Check actually got reviewed, unquote. Facebook acknowledged the program existed, said it's not perfect. Their VP of Integrity, yes, that's an actual title there, seemed a little defensive, tweeting this afternoon, we've talked about this for years and there's no news here, despite how much Wall Street Journal wants it to seem like there is, leading someone to reply, I don't recall you talking about Unlike the rest of our community, these people can violate our standards without any consequences. Can you point me to a blog post? At deadline, Facebook's VP of Integrity had not yet replied. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Second, remember a couple of weeks ago, Facebook banned the accounts of some academic researchers looking into misinformation on the platform? Now, the New York Times is reporting that Facebook admits it gave them flawed and incomplete data for that work. They told the researchers they were getting data on all their U.S. users. In fact, they only got data on half of the U.S. users. Facebook told the Times the glitch was because of a technical error. They proactively told the researchers about it. But that's questionable. Turns out an Italian researcher, not connected to the original project, proactively told the world about this. He compared the academic research to Facebook's supposed full transparency disclosure statement of Q2 content and noticed big discrepancies. Facebook then called a Zoom meeting with the researchers to apologize. And finally, Facebook admitted that some messages in its popular WhatsApp chat app were not end-to-end -end encrypted, which is weird because a post published on the WhatsApp site as early as 2016 said, quote, we've rolled out end-to-end -end encryption. When you and the people you message are using the latest version of WhatsApp, your messages are encrypted by default, which means you're the only people who can read them. Not WhatsApp, not Facebook, nor anyone else, unquote. And a more technical document says proudly, quote, WhatsApp has no ability to see the content of messages or listen to calls that are end-to-end -end encrypted, unquote. Except, well, there's a big loophole which turns off that encryption. Here's the loophole. While messages start out as fully private, any user can report one of these messages to WhatsApp. The app then takes the reported message and a handful of messages that occurred before it and sends it unencrypted to 
moderators. And how much supposedly confidential content is there to review? Well, Facebook wouldn't say, but consider this. There are about a thousand people employed by the company whose sole job is to read and moderate WhatsApp messages sent by users. Even without the message contents, users could be at risk. One person was sent to prison in the U.S. for six months for leaking confidential government information to the media using WhatsApp. The prosecutor asked the app for metadata and found that this person exchanged 70 messages with a reporter. Even without the content of those messages, that frequency of communication was enough for the court to convict her. A2 Pinterest, the popular platform today confirmed it was working on a scrolling vertical feed of content, TikTok style, as part of a new watch mode. The user interface looks almost exactly like TikTok with two categories at the top. Instead of TikTok's following and for you, they're called browse and watch. And along the lower right side are buttons for like, comment, share, and a menu for more. The user's information is at the bottom left. Honestly, unless you look closely, you will think it's TikTok. The statement from the company was the usual, we're always testing new features and products, yada, yada, yada. Quoting socialmediatoday.com, Pinterest didn't provide any specific info on this test, nor how many users can even access the watch feed. But again, it seems like the popularity of TikTok is inspiring even more UX choices in more apps as platforms look to move in line with emerging usage behaviors and maximize engagement. And finally today, LinkedIn announced it has jumped in on the dark mode trend, and you can now activate dark mode on its website or mobile apps. So the fitness thing continues. Uh, so far, I've lost 13 pounds since mid-July, so I'm pretty pretty happy with that. Of course, I took my photos for the, <laughs> the new photos for the podcast artwork and so on. Like literally the week before I started the weight loss. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, vanity may have me go and rebook that photo shoot, but we'll see. Mostly I've just been kind of, you know, not eating carbs and um, and walking every day, usually about uh, two and a half K or so. But this weekend, my wife and I got a e-bike for myself. So a mountain bike with some power assist. My wife has a hand cycle that has power assist. She goes out every day. She loves it. So now I have one too. I went out on my inaugural run. I realized as soon as I got on that I have not ridden a bicycle in 20 years and I actually had to kind of relearn it in terms of how it works. But the e-bike is nice. You know, it's power assisted. So if you're going up a hill and you're out of shape, like, I don't know, me, uh, it'll give you a little bit of a boost. And this one in particular has, I don't know what they call it. I think they call it a throttle. It's basically a cheap button. It's a little, it's a little button you push and it will just drive for you. Like (laughs) it just turns into a scooter, which I didn't use that much. I promise. So anyway, my Twitter account, I'm sure will have some, some photos of our rides and all that kind of stuff. It's at Todd Mappin. Talk to you tomorrow. Keep looking for my oyster and pearl A million miles from home I will travel to the end of the world Yeah, yeah Where the fine you come Gonna find my own special girl You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.